Hi, and welcome to episode 16 of the Anti-Racist Economy with Kim Creighton. As the anti-racist economist, Kim is dedicated to building a future that is supremacy, coercion, discrimination, and exploitation free. And each episode, join Kim and myself, Aaron Mills, as we discuss the intersection of current events, pop culture, social change, and ever explore the critical dynamics of anti-racism and psychological safety, safety excuse me, in today's rapidly evolving workplace. So hello, Kim. Howdy. How you doing? Doing good. Doing good. What have you been up to? So, yeah, uh, the time this, okay, so when this airs today, <laughs> yep, this is a fast turn. <laughs> so, I'm, let, let's talk about that. That's what I'm doing. We, it is Tuesday, it is post time, and we are just recording the um, episode. Um, that's what we're working on. <laughs> that's right. We're getting it done. But I, I wanted to point that out is because my old me would be like, oh my God, the time and that. And I'm just like, no, damn, these people aren't paying you for this. No, this is your schedule. You do this when, if it comes out tomorrow, whatever. I, and that's just been like so much anxiety and relief for me. So yeah, I'm excited um, to see. Also, it shows me, it proves, it's an improving point or outcome of how you and I work together how you uh, how your team works and how we've all committed that this is a priority and we will work around this because we were supposed to record this last week yep and you couldn't because you had um a sick child um and so and you sent and and you sent a message saying that you couldn't and probably if you didn't know me like oh fuck what it again that uncomfortable conversation of uh and I'm like, okay, what, what day works? Because yep. again, time, deadlines, I choose them to use them as guidelines. They, we set a schedule to come on here to record this at 10 o'clock. That ensures that you and I arrive at the same place at the same time to do the work that we agreed to do. But what I am doing is taking out that part that says if I'm late or whatever, there's a value based on it. There's a part of my value, a part of my validity, part of my humanity. It, 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 no, I've been raised to be everywhere 15 minutes early because that's what Black folks do. That's what, that's what Black women, that's professional. So we're in the lobby before everybody else gets there. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not doing it. This was not life or death. If this doesn't get out to next week, it gets out next week. This is not brain surgery. <laughs> it's important work, but it's not life or death. Mm-hmm. And to your point, because of our working dynamic, I felt comfortable telling you, hey, I have a sick kid. It's not going to happen today, you know, <laughs> but I can commit to a, a new date. Yes. And, and you know, and, and to, yeah, and, and it was, you know, and Felipe, who supports us in production here, he's, you know, he's like, absolutely, let me carve out time on Tuesday afternoon. We could make it happen. We'll still yeah. get it out on time. So <laughs> it's awesome to have that. Yeah. 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 But that comes with, though, me modeling, welcoming psychological safety, and us practicing it. Oh, yeah. That wouldn't yeah. have happened episode one. I wouldn't. <laughs> You know, just because yeah. and we've already hard. known each other for a year and a half. That's true. That's yeah, true. That's interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to some of the challenges I've had in communication with these service providers is because I say 
I stand in my truth of uh, attempting to build supremacy, coercion, discrimination, exploitation free. I actually live prioritizing the most vulnerable. And yet, and it takes, ah, it's not trusted. And I get it because so much of the, we're inundated with the alternatives. Mm -hmm. So what about you? What have you been working on? You know, today is one of those days where it's funny. I've heard you mention after five o'clock, you kind of go into and you you shut down in terms of you'd like to just be in for the evening Mm -hmm. in your thoughts. Well, I have days where I just want to do that at work, where I just want to catch up Mm -hmm. and be in my thoughts. And this is not one of those days. (laughs) So this is one of those days. I just got home from a trip I shared with you. Mm -hmm. I was away this weekend. And what I, what my soul is saying is, ah, you need to be in a room and just think and get Mm -hmm. organized. And, but, but I have meeting after meeting today. I'm just jammed. But what I have to tell myself is you will find that time, mm-hmm. you know, and these meetings are all important and I want, and I, you know, and I go through, and these are all commitments I've made that I feel that I want to honor. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I just have to like, so today is going to be a great day. And you know what? It's going to be largely productive mm-hmm. because I have, but I, but sometimes the tendency is like, I'm like, oh, I just want to retreat. Like I need to retreat. Um, and so I need to find that time late, later in the week. I need to make that kind of covenant with myself. Okay. Look at the schedule for the rest of the week and find that time. So and also what I would suggest you doing is mm-hmm. understanding that you're going to be like, I was trying to plan this trip. When I go to Europe, I was trying to be there all winter because somebody was not winter, <laughs> the month of July, because somebody was paying the ticket for me to come over. So I was going to do all these things. And the more I tried to plan it with my friends, it was just exhausting because that's not how I roll when I travel. Yeah. I do not do all that. I'm not a person who runs around. I find specific things that I want to do. And then I relax and enjoy where I am the rest of the time. And so I was setting myself up for a failure. So when those things fell apart, when they couldn't make, I was like, thank you you so mm-hmm. now i'm going um oh i can talk about that in joyful um that part but um yeah so i i totally get that so what i would recommend so now i know me so i do my schedule like that so i would recommend that in future you do not make the day you come back the day full of meetings yeah. because because what you're yeah, I agree with you on everything you just said about how important it is, the thing you went through, you know, your checklist or this is the, yeah. but again, that's doing it the old way because who, that's not supremacy, coercion, discrimination, exploitation free for yourself. Again, right. if we talk about, we can do all these things for other people, but how do we do them for ourselves? Right. No, you're right. You're right. And incidentally, I wasn't, I didn't know I was, I wasn't sure when I was coming back. Mm-hmm. So I took the opportunity but this is going to be insightful. I took the opportunity to spend the whole day with family yesterday Yes, mm-hmm. to get back. We took our time. We had t- you know, fun. We got back late, got them ready, got them out the door to school this morning. And it's almost like I'm wired to think, all right, well, now you got to pay for it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's the thing. Uh-huh. It is like, it is a punishment to treat yourself well. Oh my God, that is so fucking huge. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. You spending, there are people who spend, I just saw somebody that, the, uh, oh, the CEO of the of, of CNN before he got fired was spending 80 to 90 hours a week. What the blazes is that? But he would never question, people don't question him doing that. But had he taken, like I do, I don't work on Wednesdays. <laughs> um, I take the third week of the month off because I need to just be in that space you're saying you need today. I need a week of that. Um, so I, I don't I deal with emails. I don't deal with anything. I just, 
And yet we turn that into some indulgence, some, no, that is what I require for me to operate in a, in a way that again, I'm able to have authentic conversations that aren't rooted in my trauma and my triggers. Because if I'm not, if I'm not feeling um, rested, if I'm not feeling, someone says something they could say on any other given day, but in that moment I'm irritated and now I'm, I'm playing out my shit. Mm-hmm. When the simple answer would have been, just take the day or take the morning. You ain't got to take the morning. Because as a business owner, I know your ass is working in the middle of the night too. So we also have to stop doing that. You're you're doing your quote unquote 40 hours in non-traditional times. Right. And yet we beat ourselves up like we're punching a clock. We do. We do. And yeah. yeah. And I fundamentally know and understand everything that you're saying. And I'm well aware of it. But but to get to practice it, but to do it is something totally different. Totally. Totally different. I can tell totally it's like the people who give advice to, um, to their friends about marriage or whatever, but they, and it's great advice, but you look at them and they're like, that's not what the fuck you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. hundred oh, percent. Well, I wanted to talk today about trigger. Um, yeah, this so is Aaron's it, trigger. This, this is <laughs> my trigger. This is my trigger. And so I'm going to go ahead and read something. And this is a post from the New York Times on Instagram a couple of weeks ago. Um, And it's talking about the production of a dictionary of African-American English. So let me read this just to give everyone a little background. The production of a dictionary of African-American English consisting entirely of words created or reinvented by black people is underway. And the New York Times was given an exclusive look at the first 10 words. Last spring, the Oxford University Press announced a three-year research project to create the Oxford Dictionary of African American English. The researchers say they aim to publish a first batch of 1,000 definitions. Some words and phrases will have more than one by March 2025, but the more important goal of the project, which will be edited by Henry Louis Gates Jr., a scholar of African American history at Harvard University, is to underscore the significance of African American English and to create a resource for future research into black speech, history, and culture to support their etymo—I can never say this word—etymological yes, claims. Mm-hmm. Researchers and editors from Oxford Languages and the Harvard University Hutchin Center for African and African American Research have drawn on lyrics from jazz, hip hop, blues, and R&B, as well as letters, diaries, newspaper, and magazine articles, black Twitter, slave narratives, and abolitionist writing. Individual entries will be explained using quotations pulled from Black literature, including examples from Zora Neale Hurston, Langston Hughes, excuse me, Ralph Ellison, Toni Morrison, and Martin Luther King Jr. Um, And so, and then you can tap the link in bio to see some of the words that will be included in the first of its kind dictionary. So um, immediately upon reading this, I was sort of struck with who does this serve? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, so, so that, that, and needless to say, I didn't have to look far for, for the commentary. So it's just some of the, some of the questions, like, you know, and, and there's just, they, it went on for, for days. Um, well, this is, so this person says, this is annoying as hell already. Me and mine have been using some of these terms for years and they are not the correct definitions by far. Was this done by committee and who were the who were the folks doing it essentially? So so someone's already just, you know, 
inquiring about the the legitimacy of legitimacy of the definitions themselves. Um, but but the comments went on to say that this was you know this this is not for black people. We don't need a dictionary. This might be the whitest thing in history of all time. Um, and then you know so Kim, I'm I'm just I'd love to get your take. Okay, so I'll start where you stopped. Yeah. Um, you stopped at. Hold on, I keep hitting this and the jazz keeps coming on. I don't know why I keep doing this. Um, <laughs> That's a nice subject. A little background track. At, and Martin Luther King Jr. That says everything yeah. like I need to know. How many people have bastardized his goddamn sayings to to tell the to justify their narratives? So I get the intent. Again, this is why attention without strategy is chaos. I get their intention, and I'm sure they had a strategy, but it's not what they think they is. It, it, this is also when people don't think about theory versus practice. So I'm gonna give you an example. Robin DiAngelo wrote White Fragility. When I first started this work, um, because I can tell you being in tech was the first time I heard white people talk about privilege and all this stuff. So I was like, I was like, oh my God, this is where I need to be. And I actually used to, I actually did a training on her workshop um, from an academic perspective. Um, so I found value in it theory in practice it's a fucking shit show because what it did was give white folks white fragility gave white folks because there was no call to action there was nothing in her book that talks about this is the problem white fragility is a problem here are suggestions or solutions or suggestions or recommendations or whatever how to how to uh, manage your white fragility and weaponizing your white fragility is cruel and disgusting so don't do that. So what happens in the wilds, I call it the wilds, outside of her research is something happens and you, the first thing you see is a white person, oh, that white fragility. Mm -mm, we're not, nope, 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 nope. But again, what it does is white people get to be heroes or victims and never a villain. This makes you a, a, a victim of your white fragility. So now mm -hmm. you don't have to take ownership of it. And so what I saw was what were white people learning the language and weaponizing it against um, particularly black folks. Because there was nothing about it that said, this is, I mean, literally it was, uh, it was one of the best sellers during the racial unreckon, uh, 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 awakening above black authors talking about it. And that book is even about anti-racism. It's about fucking bias. It's not about racism, anti-racism. It's not about white supremacy. It's not about, any, it doesn't even get into any of that historical stuff that needs to be rooted before you can have, before you can even talk about white fragility. So what has been, what it has become, it's the same thing with Dr. Kendi's book. He was rocking it. He, I loved his um, stamp from the beginning. That was a great historical narrative about where we came from. What I did not like in, I forgot about what his book, some his anti-racism book, he states that black people can be racist because of blah, 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 blah. And I knew as soon as I read that shit and when I, we were actually, I used that book as a book club um, selection for my last podcast. And I, and I said, I was gonna have an open mind when I saw that in the introduction. And when I got to that section, I had to have a whole fucking conversation episode about that because what he what it does is ignore that in the wild, in the real world, in out in the wilds, that's not how that shit operates. And we've seen examples of it. We've seen um, Herschel Walker. 
We've seen um, Clarence Thomas. We've seen Candace Owens. We've seen, um, let's, say, let's say Farrakhan. We've seen, um, trying to see who's somebody else. Um, those are who I can think of right, just off the bat right quick. Um, and each one of them are in service to white supremacy and anti-Blackness, but cannot individually benefit from it. Because as soon as they say anything that does not align with that narrative, they are dismissed. They are actually canceled. That is the real cancel culture. And I can say that with very, very clear examples. Because if you look at, um, I remember 20, it's 2023, 2022's Super Bowl when they had all the rappers, uh, the, the hip hop. Mm-hmm. Candace Owens went on social and said, oh my God, that was the greatest um, half, um, half, halftime show she saw. All them white folks came for us. She was too damn black in that moment because they didn't like it. She didn't. And because she had an opinion, an individual opinion that didn't agree with the masses, they shut her ass down. And she never talked about this shit again. Meanwhile, funny aside, uh, there was a great meme that went on after that Super Bowl show, which I very much enjoyed. That said, if you liked the Super Bowl halftime show, it's time to get a colonoscopy. Because now, mind was, you, that was also the Super the Super Bowl show that had all the damn crypto shit that's no longer here too. That's I, I on mean, the other side. <laughs> it's so right. I mean, that's how quickly these things and change. And so, when I um, see this dictionary, this part, people are right. That is, we black. This is why black is needs to, has to be capitalized. Unless you're talking about the color black, we are a culture. I don't give a fuck where you are in the United States. If your parent, if you are from the U.S. and your parents are descendants of slaves, basically. Because I'm not, I, don't, I, I, I really want to, there are Caribbeans and Africans who may have the same, but they don't have it in the way we do. Because yeah. we're all over this U.S. and we still say the same shit. So this book, this, this isn't for us because we know what the fuck these words are. And if we right. don't, we go to somebody black and ask them what the hell that means. Right. This is another example of, just, oh my God, just like Juneteenth. That's yeah. about to happen in a few days, in two days. Mm-hmm. You've taken some, I mean, Juneteenth was a celebration because a year, I don't know if I can remember if it was a year or two years, um, after the rest of the slaves in the United States knew that they're free, this small enclave of slaves who people in Texas did not want them to know that they were not slaves, found out that they were free. That is what that story is. But right now you got companies letting people off. So it's a, it's not an off, it's not a holiday. It should not be treated as a holiday. You completely erase the historical importance of that day. And I can tell you growing up, I didn't know about Juneteenth because I'm not from Texas. That is a huge um day in texas it's a celebration it's not a holiday <laughs> right not a holiday it's not fall for fucking july right right particularly when people were getting off for that day many of whom have no problem if i was a slave again so this is the same thing we're creating something and i i get it because white people are so ignorant but that's by design but you don't have to know our culture that way because what happens is every time we let you in, you steal and you appropriate, you take from us and you make money, you find a way to make money off of it. How do you take something as indignant as slaves not knowing they were freed by a fucking war as a result of a war and turn that into let's shop at Target? 
So that is it. it uh, that is, and his. There are a lot of academic uh, older, a generation of older black academics who really are problematic because they're they're deeply rooted in assimilation, and we're no longer assimilated. It's about accommodation. Nothing about this is accommodating. And I love that your first question was, who does this serve? It serves white folks. So you can see some white girl on TikTok saying these words. Ha, 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 ha. Doing our, they dance like us. They dress like us. They buy, getting bodies built like us. It is all for white consumption. For the white gays. So the white people can center themselves in our fucking lived horrific experience without having the trauma or the generational ties to that experience and this again i'm going to say this includes asians too because k-pop all that shit is ours it's us so this is gonna not gonna end the way they want to because it never does because they never think out it's all this theory shit right they never think about how this plays out in the real world it's like, okay, uh, and a benign example, all these people using chat GPT, we talked about already that AI doesn't exist. Not only are you feed, feeding these large uh, language models, so again, you're doing free labor, because we don't have artificial intelligence. What we have is machine learning. And we need to be careful about using the word learning because it's not really learning. So again, this is why language matters. It's so, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, entire, to your point, large language models, they're literally and, building- And what it's doing is finding patterns matching. That's all it is, it's pattern matching. Mm -hmm. That's not thinking. Right. Well, uh, if it's one thing that a white supremacy is good at, it's a pattern, right? Exactly, exactly. And, 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 and making those, and, and making the necessary systems, institutions, and policies to ensure that the pattern exists without them even participating in it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, this is a shitty idea. <laughs> it's a shitty ass idea. Well, so my and that's all. Hold on, and I also want to say because it, what this brings, because I grew up with grandparents, grandmothers who work for white people. This is something I was thinking about yesterday. For all this about the 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 conversation during the Reagan era about the welfare of black welfare moms, all this about our the black the 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 black family and that. Y'all didn't have a problem with us taking care of your goddamn kids. It's when we take care of our own that there's a problem. From since y'all brought slaves to this country, black folks have been taking care of your kids, you and your kids, cooking for you, washing your ass, feeding your babies, raising your babies. But that's of service to you, so that's okay. So this is what this is. Black folks have always had a language to, so we could talk so y'all motherfuckers wouldn't know what the hell we were saying. Why are people giving them permission to do that? Because I saw one thing on here, one thing on here that got me was the, one of the words is chitlins. And I want to talk about this because so many people in the Black community have such a negative relationship with that because all that, it's, it, Chitlins are hog intestines cooked up. They smell like shit cooking. Shit, that's what it is. But I have a problem with that being on that list without. So let me just read you what they say. Chitlins, um, noun, plural, a dish made from hog intestines that are traditionally boiled, fried, stuffed, or with other ingredients. 
occasionally also pig intestines as an ingredient. Um, and then they have variations. What this doesn't say, if you really want to have this conversation, let's talk about the reason we ate that shit is because we didn't have a fucking choice. Massa wasn't giving us quality cut meats. They were giving us the spoiled shit and we had to live. I have a problem with Black folks who extrapolate that historical narrative from that. And that narrative is not in that example. Right. There's no context. No context. So again, oh my God, I'm glad you, they, again, words matter. They're putting it up as if words are neutral. Words are not neutral. Words are not apolitical. So unless there is a nuanced political stance about the understanding of where each word come from, comes from, because that's the only way it's going to stop y'all from using it. That ain't going to stop y'all, but at least y'all, at least I, oh, you got that from that? Did you read the damn thing? Oh, and you still chose to use it? Now I can hold your ass accountable. That was going to be my second question. So my first question is, who does this serve? And then the, the second question is, what do I do with this information? Right? We always talk about this. Once you know, you can't unknow, and you have a choice to make, right? So let me give you an example. I read through the terms, and one of the terms that they previewed, the, one of the 10, was cakewalk. Mm -hmm. I've used this word. Uh, stop, stop. Read sure. the definition first. Okay. A contest in which Black people would perform a stylized walk in pairs, typically judged by a plantation owner. The winner would receive some type of cake. And the secondary definition is something that is considered easily done, as in this job is a cakewalk. So I had shared with you, Kim, I've used this terminology this term my whole life and just my understanding i always know i always knew part two of the definition i always understood this to mean something but is it part two i'm going to stop you there is it part two or was it put there to make it no that's not if you're talking about from african african americans didn't, didn't use and I, that's why i hate the u.s this, these slaves and the citizens of slaves did not create these words that word cakewalk to mean that mm -hmm. Right, exactly. You're taking the English definition of the word cakewalk to mean that. The one right. that you're used to. So the why one that I'm used to. So if you're making a dictionary for is this, this, this is this supposed to be for us? Or is it just our language? Who is the art target audience for this? That's the question. Because as if, if, if um if I'm using cakewalk and I'm using the definition, you know I'm talking about Webster's. If I'm using the cakewalk that's in here, then I'm talking about that. And who, who, who would need to use that? The finish, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I had no prior knowledge of this. Now that I know that I'm not going to use the term anymore mm -hmm. or, you know, because I had no idea. Like I had no idea. We talked about this recently with, I was looking, I was, um, I was referring to some work getting done in the house and someone said, mm -hmm. oh, are you going to do that in the master? And they corrected themselves. They said, they said the, I forget, primary or bedroom or the large bedroom. They, they, they correct themselves. But yeah, I, you know, it's just that this is why I too, I'm like, well, what think is about, the purpose of thinking about where we yeah. think about this? We're always encouraged to master a subject. Oh yeah. But we've turned, we've taken, we've taken the historical narrative because that makes it, easy. again, we talk about uncomfortable conversations that make white folk, folks eat uncomfortable in using terms. There's been an ongoing conversation in tech about coding because there's a, 
um, slave master slave, and I don't know because I don't code, but there there's a there's a part of the code base, and it talks about the master and the slave, and people have been talking about. There's a team that says it needs to be changed because it's inappropriate and it's offensive and harmful. And then there's a team, but we've always used it. Why is it wrong? Because you don't know the fucking real definition of it. That's why we have these conversations. That's why it's a distraction. That's why it's a waste of time. Because again, going back to Kendi saying all black people can be racist. Bitch, I don't have the power or the privilege to leverage systems, institutions, and policies of white supremacy and anti-blackness for myself. I can do it all day for white supremacy, but not for myself. They were ride or die with, um, with Herschel Walker because everything he did was for white supremacy. Had he said anything in that thing, man, talk about uh, his whole platform is about the, um, the, the, the absent black father. You are literally a model of what the fuck you're against. Think about the internal self-loathing that has to do. But we ain't got a problem with that because you're doing that in service to white supremacy. Now, had he did that and, and to and, and try and, and did that as a as a as a rallying cry for other black fathers, hey, I'm in the same situation. Let's do better. They would have dropped his ass in a heartbeat because that's against the narrative that they put out there. He can't do it in service to himself. Even his son. Oh my God, when I first met, found out who Kristen was, all he talked about was black families and da 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 And he had to shut his fucking mouth when it came, when it came out that his dad had other kids because what you did, what you failed to put in your fucking tirades against your black community was, oh, I'm living this same fucking experience. That would have had everybody have a whole new understanding of why he is behaving this way. Again, it goes back to the shit we bring into conversations, into these experiences that no one fucking knows, but yet they are driving your choices. I want to know what's driving these choices because these words are not, again, this is when people want to act like academia is unbiased and neutral. This is not a neutral document. This is not an apolitical document. And having this old black man and God, he, he earned his shit. You're not made for this. You're not made for this generation, buddy. I pray to God when I get there, I have the wisdom to understand it's time to sit. Because that's what I'm doing right now. I'm trying to change, train future generations so I don't have to do this shit. Because I'm not going to live with the outcomes. You, They're going to have to live with that shit. I'm literally working on building a, a world that I will never experience. There is nothing in white supremacy about that. Because y'all got to experience every, everything. Got, you know what I'm saying? It has to be about, if you're not center and benefit, what's the point? And when I say you, I mean whiteness. Mm -hmm. So I'm so happy you brought this up because I didn't see this. And this is going to be problematic on so many levels. First of all, white people ain't going to take it seriously. Right. Well, I mean, yeah. What's the expectation? It's like, yeah. Right. We're going to read the whole thing and be like, well, I can't say this. I can't say that. Like, that's not the, that's not the right approach. Right. Like, well, that doesn't even have to, you're at least, at least you're doing self-reflecting and saying, Hey, this what is, is this? I'm, I'm talking about yeah. just every, what are they going to, 
Yeah. They don't just know new words. What's right. the, how is this different from the urban dictionary we already have? Just use that. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, at least that's, um, we talked a lot about, um, about content moderation. At least that's like, right. I mean, that feels like a collective. I don't know how it actually works, yeah. but people weigh in like, yeah. well, no, that, yeah. that's not the definition. Like this is what, you know, it's more collaborative and it's, it's, it's a living document. What they're trying to create yeah. is something that's a definitive guide or right. a dictionary. And it's like, no, stop, don't, but they're going to do it anyway. And it's going to cause harm. Yes. It already is. I mean, you look at the comments section yeah. and uh, yeah, well, it's a good, it's a good tee up for our next episode, episode 17, which is coming out in a couple weeks, um, where we talk a lot about authentic conversations. And as you and I chatted before we even hopped on, words are the building blocks to those authentic conversations. Mm. So words matter. We take a lot of time in this podcast to pause, <laughs> to, to examine, to explore, mm -hmm. you know. And to make sure our understanding is we're on the same page. We have a shared understanding of what words mean. Mm -hmm. This is why I refuse. I'm not having a conversation with somebody. All I need to know, are you a racist with a, who was interested in, in, in building an anti-racist practice or one who's full on accepting and embracing white supremacy? Because there's nothing, we don't have a shared language. Mm -hmm. We don't. So what you consider fair it's wildly different from what I would. And that's why I don't use the word fair. So again, it's that thing. They can say fair and I'll be like, man, I don't use that word. <laughs> it means nothing. Fair is defined by the people who are in power. There's nothing fair about the fucking word fair. How it's operationalized. Mm -hmm. Again, just a definition and how it plays out in the world is too different. And that's what people fuck up. That's what my book is about. That's why it's a blueprint. I don't know your business. These are questions you need to answer, ask and answer yourselves following this guideline, following this blueprint. Because how you define cat at your job may be in your business, may be different than how somebody find cat because somebody may find cat with a lowercase c-a-t and they know that's an animal. Somebody find, find cat with a capital c-a-t. That's some brand. Somebody can find define cat capital C dot capital A dot capital T dot. That's an acronym. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, and it, it's Damn, that process. was good. Hold up. I just came up with that shit. That was good. That, <laughs> well, it also ladders to what we always talk with jargon. Like I'm yes. the worst. I lapsed into business jargon all the time. And I feel like it's interesting. When I feel like when I was first starting out in my career, I really craved jargon because I wanted to be part of this like mm -hmm. community, and I the wanted community. to prove. Exactly, you. I wanted to so, prove myself. So stop right myself. there. Stop right yeah. there because it is a natural drive. Yeah. For us to be in community, so yeah. it makes sense. So that's Absolutely. what I'm saying. I get this makes this dictionary makes sense, but in the real world, it's not going to operate how I think it is. But no, and well, and jargon's the same way. Like jargon yes. can be incredibly exclusionary. Yes. And, and, and derogatory and exploitative yeah. and Absolutely. definitely supremacy, because if you don't know the jargon, just like you want right. to be a part of community. Yep. Absolutely. And for me, it was certainly a badge of honor and to the degree that I often poked fun at and I take it in good spirit, but like, you know, cause I, I you know, let me circle back. Why don't we circle up at EOD end of day, mm -hmm. COB close. Yes. I am the worst offender. And I like when people call me out on it. 
because it's, I mean, it's its own syntax, it's its own language, and it's a bit ridiculous, honestly. I mean, have you ever seen those great memes that like, where they, they distill your email and like what it really means? Like, you know, yeah. like- Oh, I haven't seen that. You need to see well, me that. I'll have to, like kind yeah. regards equals fuck you. Like- Yeah, exactly. Oh, per my last email. Per my bitch. last, you know, those, <laughs> bitch, you listening? Like, you know, like, yeah, I love that. Because yeah. I mean, let's be honest, like at the end of the day, that subtext is, is true, right? Exactly. We're just trying to get through the day and just, you know- but yeah, we overcomplicate it. And, and again, and part of that, it's funny to look back and realize it really does stem from, I remember feeling anxiety going to my first jobs and seeing all of these things that I didn't understand and know. And, and then the minute you know it, you like, you use it, you abuse yep. it. You want to yep. like, <laughs> yep. I'm a part of the group. Yes. Uh-huh. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. That's you just know? natural. We, we are human. And that's why the, these tech folks whenever keep trying to extrapolate out the human because humans are fucking complicated you cannot code human behavior you can't do it so these this is why this is not artificially intelligent this is why it's not actually learning anything it's a large language model <laughs> mm -hmm. and it's all about pattern spotting and we're already have seen um again Talk about um, working in the wild. Two examples. There's a professor at some at a very prestigious college. Final projects for these students. They had to write something. He threw it in Chat GPS. Chat, chat GPS said that they were. I'm a GPT, but I'm gonna take that back because I don't know if it was Chat GPT, but it was some a because knowing a professor he might have his school might have his own thing. He threw it in there. It said plagiarism. He flunked everybody, but they could come back and show that they they did not plagiarize. So now he's in fucking trouble because you done flunked everybody in the goddamn class because your ass looked at a goddamn um, um, use something that you believe is is intelligent. Another example is, um, oh god, wait a minute, hold up. That was the one I had, and one just popped in my head, which popped the other one out. Um. Mm, I can't think right now. Um, that was the, oh, another issue is that the social service government are using chat, I mean, using AI, quote unquote AI, and they're denying people their benefits and there's no person you can appeal to because it's a machine. Right. I was, you were telling me about this, like what welfare benefits, for example, or just any type of government assistance. And yeah, I was going to say, let's not call it welfare. Okay. Um, that is a, that is a, yeah, that is a negative connotation because it, when sure. people say that they think of black folks, even though that there are more white people on public assistance than there are black people, because there are more white people in this fucking country. Uh, and they're, 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 the, 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 the data has proven that there are more poor white people than there are black people, but that we ignore that. So we don't, yeah. So public assistance, mm -hmm. people are applying or renewing and it is being evaluated in some states, some counties, some places by AI, and they're being um, they're being kicked off. Now, you may say, person may say, well, I'll never be on public assistance. You VA, hmm, VA benefits. You think they, they ain't gonna be fucking your regular hospital? You don't think they're gonna use this shit to to bring down costs? So again, while you sit back ignoring the harm that's happening to the most vulnerable, at some point. It's going gonna, it's gonna to hit you. Right. Well, and again, we're talking about loss of context. Mm -hmm. AI has, there's no context. There's no context. So. Because it's stealing information from all over the goddamn web. Mm -hmm. Not only is no context, it's not vetted. Right. 
So it, we're making, we're being, we're allowing these machines to make decisions for us that impact humans. Right. It just came out that um, Elon Musk, the 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 the, the um, accident report of the Teslas, seven hundred and something um, accidents, and I forgot the timeline, but I know there was like seventeen fatalities, and I think that was since January or some shit like that, because he keeps saying it's self it's self driving, and that fucking car is not self driving, and so you and so now you've been he's been allowed to turn to to he's been allowed to 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 sell technology that doesn't exist because of marketing and PR because it's coming and these you've and the and our officials have allowed him to put these dangerous ass cars on the street. There are people who are fucking sleep while their cars are on the fucking expressway going 80 miles an hour. Doing makeup, reading a book talking on all kinds of shit because we believe that this technology is able to do something that is not because they have great marketing and PR. But is he going to be held? I mean, even if he is held accountable, those people fucking died or in accidents because of this shit. I'm on the road. Why am I sharing the road with that thing? And I don't have a choice. So this individual gets to buy an experiment and gets to experiment. No, they get to buy a fucking hypothesis. That's what the fuck that is. It's a hypothesis. And they get to experiment with us. Mixed method and experiment with us on, on the road. Quantitative and qualitative data. So that he can go back and improve his shit. Right. Lord have mercy. I know. Well, I think about, I know. I remember when that big old rocket exploded, I was like, oh, wow, finally, this was a few weeks ago. Finally, maybe, maybe, you know, he exploded something. It sounds like it was a big disaster. I go to social media. No, it was supposed to do that. <laughs> exactly. Until the, uh, until the, um, the federal agency has shut his ass down because no, he wasn't supposed to blow up his goddamn platform. I know. And the the debris of that shit was not supposed to go that far and land in people's yards and on people's. Houses. I know, but like it's unbelievable. Oh no, it was a huge success. Oh, yes, because really? he <laughs> learned something from it. No, that's what? why his ass shut down. Yes. Oh my gosh. Oh, you, well, that yeah, euphemisms. That's another part of this conversation. These lovely euphemisms. <laughs> He's um, such a genius. Oh, the word genius. Let's define that word because <laughs> it is too liberally used amongst the wrong group of people. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Well, it's appropriate that our uh, our final segment of our podcast is always "Can't two bitches be joyful?" And uh, today, I was sharing with Kim that I came across another word. Uh, that reminded me of mm. our segment. And so I wanted to share, it's very appropriate. Uh, we've been talking so much about wordplay today. So I'm going to just share. I was looking, um, there is a behavioral therapist who wrote a book recently and I follow her on Instagram. Her name's Catherine Morgan Schaffler. And she shared something from someone by the name of Sarah Jackson. And I'll just read it to you. Um, it was through a carousel of comments. Uh, glimmers, are the opposite of triggers. They are small moments of goodness or beauty that regulate our nervous system. They cue safety to the survival brain. They instill peace and evoke joy. They can be internal or external. They improve mood 
and mental health, each day brings with it hundreds of glimmers. And I love that because that is the hopeful part of this work. If we weren't hopeful, if we weren't receiving glimmers, if all we were getting was triggers, what would be the point of doing this work? I do this work because it feels good to do this work. I do this work because I love hearing the stories of how people's lives are changed and how people are impacted. And that's not even about me because I know that when it happens, it ripples into their lives. So I love, that is why we do Can Two Bitches Be Joyful? Because you and I decided at the very onset of planning this, this podcast that we did not want to end or walk away each time with the, just the trigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you? All right. So right now what's bringing me joy is everything on wheels. I went out and got myself a little electric scooter. Uh-oh. <laughs> and I know. And it's my midlife crisis manifesting in yet another form. Um, I have a cute little helmet. No, um, bicycles. We went out and got bicycles for everyone in the family. And it's really, for me, I'm finding great joy. And it's bringing me back. I don't think I've been, I, I spin. That's one of my favorite forms of exercise. I like to be on a bicycle stationary. Yeah. I haven't been on a moving bike in years. Kim. But you know I mean, what? Yeah. There's a, I love that. I'm glad you brought that up because you being on a spin bike has a different intention of you being out there with your family riding. Absolutely. It's not the same. And so that goes back to when we talk about, you know, these hours and stuff we spend just because I'm doing something. Mm-hmm. It may even have the same impact to my body. Right. But the reason behind the intentionality behind it is different. It is yeah. different. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So things on wheels are bringing me joy. All right. For me is, but um, I will, because again, this comes out today um, in a few weeks, I'm going on my, um, when I was talking about Europe, this European trip, I cannot wait because it's going to, it's turned into, yes, there's business, but there I'm going to cities and places that I've always dreamed as a, a black girl in the South who travel extensively in the United States. No, I take that back. I didn't travel extensively. I traveled a lot, but to the same kind of places where a family was kind of thing. And to finally be, take my first international trip due to a tech conference in 2016. And when I say that, I mean Europe because I've been to Mexico. I've been to, you know, the Caribbean. Um, But to go back now, do that work. And then I'm heading to Milan and Paris. Because I want to, I want to really dive into, I am a historic, y'all know I'm a history, history buff and I, and fashion and, and interior design are like, ah, so um, I'll be spending some time just having fun, just exploring. So I'm excited about that. That's so funny. And forgive me. I didn't catch this. Have you been to Paris ever? I've never, only places I've been, I've been to several cities in Germany. I've been to the UK, my, I, it's, um, yeah, so I've been to, I haven't been to Wales, been to Scotland, um, England. I've been to Medellin, Colombia. This is all tech. Um, I'm trying to see where else I have been. That's largely it. So no, I have not been to a lot of the places that I um, have, as you know, just like a dream trip kind of things. Uh. I'm yeah. so excited. For and I'm you. taking Belle with me. <laughs> I need that a photo is, of Belle in front of the Eiffel Tower, please. This uh, is something <laughs> um, that I really, 
I, I, tweet, I uh, posted about this the other day because I recognize that she, I don't consider her a pet. Um, and I've been playing around with that, trying to figure out what that means. But for me, we are in a mutually beneficial relationship. She really taught me how to, she, she really taught me how to slow down and be soft, uh, which is required for the work that this part of the work I'm doing. And also supremacy, she's not a pet. I don't own her, I'm not an owner. Um, so I'm excited to explore the world with, with Belle with Nobel Prize in economics, I'm ready to do that. And this has been really interesting, shifting my mind from, cause I've had pets for before, but I've never, I don't treat her like a pet. She is just important in this relationship as I am to her, which is interesting. <laughs> Which is deep to end the conversation with. <laughs> it is deep. It is very deep. Mm. All right. Are we done? We're done. All she right. Did. So we are laying the foundation for a future that is hopeful, authentic, and strategic in action. Will you join us? And we have an announcement next week. Stay tuned. Yes.